I'm Batman. Let's go, Jim. Five, <laughs> four, three, two, one. From the pages of Professional Investigator Magazine comes PI Magazine, the podcast. Join us each week for the latest in the world of the professional investigator. Exciting guests, new equipment, marketing tips, software, PI advice, and more. Learn what's new and exciting in PI Magazine, the podcast. This episode is brought to you by... What do you do when you get calls for bug sweeps? Did you know USABugsweeps.com, the number one TSCM provider in the country, pays you a 20% commission for converted sales leads? Stop turning money away. USABugsweeps.com uses top-rated technology, and they cover all of the United States. Contact USABugsweeps.com today. Apple Investigations, New Jersey's leading investigative firm. Have a case in New Jersey? Now you've got a guy. Visit appleinvestigations.com. This is retired detective Jack Russell, and I recommend and use Investigator's Toolbox. Now let's join our hosts and the publishers of PI Magazine, Jim Nanos and Nicole Cusinelli. And welcome, everyone, to this episode of PI Magazine, the podcast. I'm your host, Jim Nanos. I'm a licensed private investigator based in Southern New Jersey and co-publisher of PI Magazine. Working aboard this evening is our good friend, Detective Jack Russell. How's it going, Jack? Jim, sometimes we don't know what we don't know until we don't know it. I'm joined this evening by my co-host and co-publisher of PI Magazine, Nicole Cusinelli. And welcome, everyone, to this episode of PI Magazine, the podcast. This is your host, Jim Nanos. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicole Cusinelli. And we're broadcasting almost live from the 2021 Rocky Mountain Investigators Conference being held in Golden, Colorado. Nick, how's everything going? Going well. I'm very excited to be here. I This is absolutely my favorite conference. Sorry, everyone else, but I have to say this is my favorite conference. And for those listening, she's not kidding. This is the one we love to come to every year. Uh, we have great relationships with folks here and, and all the conferences we enjoy going to. This is just a great location. It's a great group of people. And this is, it's almost like a vacation for us because we have such a good time here. Well, actually, two years ago, we considered moving here for good. I'm not kidding. Yep. We were sitting, remember, we were sitting at the coffee shop. Looking, and, um, at, looking at Pikes Peak, and it's got some kind of magical thing going on there. And I was like, let's just do it. We're still considering it, though. But Nicole ended that with, Jim, you move here, and I'll stay, or vice versa. I'll move here, and you stay back in New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, I, I love Colorado. <laughs> We're here at the PPIAC, as you said, conference, and we are going to introduce the president of the association, Rod Gagnon. Hello. And we have the chairperson, Sam Petito. Hello, Nicole. Hello, Jim. Okay. And the VP of training, Tan Smith. Hi. And we have one other guest. Here we have Batman here, don't we? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Batman. I'm Batman. Thank uh, you for having us at the conference as vendors and as, as sponsors, and it's always a good time. So, Tan, tell us a little about the conference. We have some terrific speakers, and we've got fantastic vendors and sponsors. It's just really exciting to be able to have two days where we can actually get together in person and talk to the vendors again and not have to be separated by Zoom. Right. Now, you have a conference every year. We do. It's an annual conference that's usually held in September or October, depending. 
And, uh, this is the, this is the big time to get together with all of our PI friends, our colleagues and get the newbies kind of into the association and let them see what we're about. What sort of training do you provide? Well, in the springtime, we offer essentially a PI boot camp. It's for newbies and senior investigators alike. Uh, and it goes over the basics because there can be legal changes or challenges that a lot of people are stuck on. Um, we usually also have some sort of day-long training in the summertime, and then we have the conference in the fall. What a great way for new PIs to, to learn the business. I'm just having this image of Tan standing over, I don't know, um, new members and yeah, yeah, just the doing boot that camp. whole boot camp, boot boys. Camp. <laughs> but me, I can't see it. But get down and give I, me five. I, that image is coming to my mind when you say boot camp. Don't let the sweet smile fool I, you. Listen, <laughs> I know you're a gentle giant. I know. Oh, that's funny. But so, I just let me just jump in here. And, and Tan, if I haven't said it before, I, I've dealt with you many times. And I've, I've, I've like emailed you at all times of the night and texted you. And uh, you've always been available and I mean, I have a lot of respect for you. You've just done over the years, including this year, an amazing job. They're really going to miss you doing this. So um, just, uh, I just want to thank you. And I, you've just done so much for the association. It's, I don't know how you do it, but an amazing, it's God bless you. So more power to you, but I don't know how you do it, but you've just put this thing together. You whip it up. You handle things that come, you know, like hurdles and roadblocks and you, and you never skip a beat. Like you're just so calm. Thank you. It's all the coffee I drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're always going 100 miles an hour. We, I don't think we've ever seen you standing still. This is the longest I've seen you on location in probably, what, how many conferences we've done. So you're always moving. So as Nicole said, it's just a real tribute to the association. And, and the conference that you put on is just fabulous. And it's always a good time. Yeah, and we still manage to walk into care packages. All the so time. With all that, you still manage to take care of us. So we, uh, we great. we're very grateful. Very grateful. Thank you. We love having you guys scout. I mean, it's it's fantastic to see you. So, Rod, let's switch over to you now. Tell us about your position within the association. Uh, I'm the president. Yes, I'm, I'm the lucky guy that uh, gets to run behind the scenes and help uh, so get the get the stuff. Going. I'm the president of our state association, New Jersey, and that we've learned now you have to go to all the meetings because if you don't go to a meeting, next thing you know, you're voted in as president, right? That's exactly what happened. I <laughs> right. think I went down the hall and I came back and I was in. Like what happened? Um, Something happened. Yeah, it's. I mean, I was able to go through and be part of the association as uh, with membership and with uh, tra- not training, but a membership and treasurer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I was here a little for a little while before I was able to get in that position. But uh, we got a lot of. Even though we have some setbacks with the law, we have some great stuff that we're moving forward with to help build uh, the association here. We're trying to expand on the training uh, since. Um, Everything has gone online. We're able to get access to a lot more trainers who are outside of the area, so uh, which is great for the new investigators that are coming in. Uh, and we have a lot of talent here. There's been uh, some of the big names are, are here um, that we can take advantage of. Uh, we're trying to do that to try to um, ex- give more exposure because Colorado is a good sized state, right? And in we even have had out of staters starting to come in for training, and I think that's that, you know that's the future to be able to be able to bring in more training, more accessible. And uh, we're we're up doing a major upgrade to our website to add a lot more uh, stuff for the public, and other investigators are trying to come in to find out how things operate here and do business here. So Nicole is the executive administrator of our New Jersey Association, and when we went to the Zoom platform, 
initially it's, it's a drawback and setback for everybody because you don't get to meet people in person anymore. But in the long run, what has happened in our situation, which is what you just alluded to, when we have our meetings now, we have such flexibility with speakers now. Because in the past, we were always, you had to limit yourself to sort of your geographical area as to who was available to be a speaker. But the last meeting we had, we had a gentleman put a presentation on who was in Michigan. And he did a great presentation right over Zoom. Even though we were all in person, we Zoomed him in for the presentation. So as you said, we now have that flexibility to really reach out and get some subject matter experts that maybe necessarily wouldn't be available to do training session in Colorado because he or she's in Texas or California, where now they zoom in and you're getting excellent content. So we've sort of used it as a plus, which is exactly what it sounds like your plans are moving forward. So, right, it works on both sides of trainers, and we have uh, uh, members that are obviously on the other side of the mountains, oh, right. way down in Durango, like Sam is, uh, that allows uh, those members down there to be able to get the training and interact. We we're still working on the uh, – we still like to meet live. Uh, obviously, when we're working on how to get that effective mix. But as far as distance goes, other people that we had a very hard time or didn't come up to meetings uh, are now able to plug in and, and and participate in those things. Right. Our state, similar to yours, we're long state, north and south. And Nicole tries to schedule meetings north, central, south to allow everyone the ability to come to a meeting. But no matter where you have a meeting, two-thirds of your members have to drive a significant difference, your distance, I should say. So we're trying to bring Zoom online for those people that want to come to the meeting or possibly just, I can't afford to take a whole day off of work, you know, for the drive and losing a day's worth of work or income or productivity to go to a meeting. So the Zoom capability gives them that option to, hey, I'll just Zoom in at seven o'clock tonight for the meeting. I'm home anyway. It's like attending a meeting and it's, it's a real plus. So I think most associations are twisting it or turning it into a positive where initially it was a real problem. You know, talking to everybody in the little screen and trying to work that out and have meaningful content at one of your meetings was difficult. I think that's this is going to be the new normal uh, where you have online trading for that kind of thing and then have uh, times that we can get together right. be able to network. It was phenomenal today for being able to be able to see people. Some of them don't look like what I thought they look like, um, <laughs> which happens. Uh, but it was great and be able to network together uh, and, and the community has to – we have to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Better uh, versus just—I mean, Zoom is great, don't. Uh, but being able to be able to the personal side of that is um, just not not quite there yet. Right. Yeah, it does still feel somewhat impersonal, but I think in the long run, as you say, I think it's going to be a benefit for us. And next we have Sam. So Sam, tell us about your role. Well, I joined PPIC in 2015 and came onto the board as a senior director at large in 2017. And then in 2020, I was asked to run for chair. I became the chairperson for PPIC, which means essentially I'm the face of the organization. Uh, we, we don't get a lot of calls from reporters to talk about PPIC or what we're doing, but when we do, that's my responsibility. We constantly run into Sam at conferences. I mean, Sam just pops up everywhere. I mean, it's not a comedy walking down a hallway at a conference and there's Sam. Why is Sam here? Sam's there. So we, we enjoy, we have a lot, we spend a lot of time with Sam. We see him everywhere. He's all over the place. Yep. I saw you guys at Nally. I at saw Nally. you at Alpi down in Arizona. Arizona recently. Yep. I'm glad to see you here. And, I, and I'm really glad that you and Nicole both continue to support PPIEC and the PI industry in general, because it, it's not like I see 20 different vendors who have a magazine for us or 20 different vendors who have a bunch of interesting electronics that we can use to make us better at our jobs. It's just you guys, but you're, you're kind of like me. I think you're everywhere. 
we truly, we both appreciate, as I know you three do, and Batman, all three is do, the importance of associations. And unfortunately, I think in, in the PI profession in general, a lot of times it's overlooked by, the, I'm using air quotes here, the younger PIs that come in, they don't see the value of joining an association. And that's problematic. And, and the magazine, Nicole's been able to partner with probably 15 or 16 associations because the, and we see this in New Jersey. So when we try to recruit a new PI who may have been a police officer for 25 years, so he's not an 18 year old kid, he or she, but you're trying to recruit him into the association. Inevitably, one of the questions Nicole gets is, well, what, what do I get for joining? What's in it for me? Well, you know, for the little bit of money that you're paying for dues, the networking opportunities, the training opportunities, and the access to such a wide group of subject matter experts is worth tenfold over what you're paying for dues. But unless you can physically hand him or her a magazine or, or some sort of discount coupon, they don't see the value in joining this. And, and it's a real shame that some people feel that way. But I, we experienced that in New Jersey. We have probably three, close to 300 members, yet there's probably several thousand licensed private investigators in New Jersey that have been around a long time and, and they just don't see the value. And, and no matter what association we go to, when Nick communicates with the presidents or, or the, the chair people of membership, because we like to network and get other people's point of view and information, we constantly hear the same argument. Like people don't understand that there's value in joining. I mean, our dues are $95. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking a thousand dollars, $95. You come to a meeting, you meet one person, you get one job, you paid for your dues. And, but people still don't see the value of joining an association. It's a shame. You know, we, we try to invite unlicensed PIs in our state to the meetings, just come as a guest and try to get them in the door. But it, it's a real problem for us. And I'm sure I know a lot of associations are going through the same problem, trying to recruit members. We've had that as well. And I think the other situation that we've run into is the association, your membership is what you put into it. And if you come to the meetings, you're going to get training. But if you just pay your dues and then the next year you receive an invoice, it's like, well, what did I get for that money? So it, you have to participate in order to actually take part. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I actually have members that will say exactly that. The invoice goes out and they say, well, what's been done for me for the Well, you didn't participate. There are plenty of things. You just have to come around and be part of it. I don't know. Maybe they expect it to knock at their door. I, I don't know. But uh, there is so much available, uh, so many resources, and you just have to um, be proactive with it. Um, I mean, it's there. Like, use us. You know, we're here for you. We have members in our state that regardless of where we schedule the meeting, we have some members that drive three and a half hours each way to go to an hour meeting, a dinner meeting, you know, half an hour networking before and the dinner meeting, and then you're back on the road. But they see the value of, of going to these meetings, not just once a year when the meeting comes around my way. Um, you go to every meeting, and as you said, it, it's what you put into it. You get out what you put in, and you, ha you should attend the meetings to really get the, the full benefit of being in an association. Rod, I think I cut you out when I started talking. I'm sorry. Uh, that was okay. I was just thinking about one of the things that uh, grows out of this is – when we get together is we all end up communicating by email. So email for us turns into a think tank for newer members who are asking a question that could get them in trouble if they don't actually get some good advice. we got some great older members who have lots of experience that come back and help protect them. And at the same time, we'll have others come back and say, I just got this weird call from somebody who wants me to try to you know find their missing sister, uh, but 
we, he doesn't want them to us to tell her. They want it to be a surprise, and they and or they come back with some sort of situation right. that they warn. Hey, you, if anybody else gets this call, be prepared for this. So it allows us to kind of band together. So at the very least, I think the emails and uh, allow us to tie together uh, as a group. So what I'm hearing is it's almost like an extended family. Right, because the public isn't going to cut us any slack. Right. If we make a mistake, um, we will have uh, other professions or whatever beat us with that. And for us to be able to protect our industry, if we can watch out for each other, um, that's one of the ways that we can do it. Because a lot of us work alone, you know, and this is the only way we can reach each other to drop a quick email and, and get feedback. And a lot of times what I'll see on there is uh, call me. Right. You know, like they're like, mm, you just call me. Right. We'll, we'll have a discussion on how this is done. And you just don't get that when you're alone. Does your association have like a listserv or a, uh, an email list? Oh, yes. We find that tremendously helpful in our state to distribute information and people can throw out those non-confidential type questions, generic questions, and they always get a lot of different feedback and a lot of different opinions. And, and that's always a big benefit. And we have members that join our association just for the listserv. That sort of communication can't be bought. I mean, people trust each other on the listserv, and they know that if they can ask a question, uh, even if it's a, a kind of a dicey question where they have an idea of what they're not supposed to do, they're going to get opinions, or they're going to get people that say, I had that exact same situation three years ago or when I was a newbie, and this is what happened. Learn from my mistake. So, Sam, what do you hear from the different associations as to issues, problems, and just difficulties that they may be having. It's interesting that I hear a lot of the same problems, no matter what part of the Western United States I go to, and whether it's a state association or a national association. Everyone says, you know, there are 2,000 investigators in my state, but we only have 136 members in my association. And it's not because there are competing associations. It's just hard to get people to join for some reason. Um, you know, there are also problems with, um, you know, 10% of the people make 90% of the noise. They don't show up to the monthly meetings. They don't come to the training conference. And then once, after three years of doing nothing, they come and they're not happy with with the service that got provided or the training that was put on for them. And, you know, I, I think the the best solution to this problem is to realize that those of us who decide to get involved like you guys or like us to get involved with the board of a state association, we don't get paid for this. And it's not like I get extra work because I tell an attorney, oh, I'm on the board of PPIAC. They could care less. You know, I do this because I have experience that I think is valuable that I want to share with other investigators to try and change the industry for the better. Because a lot of new investigators all they know about being a PI is what they've seen in the movies and on TV, and that's bad for all of us. But I also think it's important that anyone who's part of a board of directors for an association that's struggling with things like this realizes that we're here for the people that want us, not for the people that need us. Because just about every PI out there, whether they're part of an association or not, they need what's offered at training conferences like this or on podcasts like this or, you know, at monthly meetings for their local association. If they're not willing to avail themselves to it and take advantage of it, you know, we, we can't, we can't push it on people. We can say, here's what 
you should do if you want to be ethical. Here's what you have to do if you want to be legal. Here are some places you can go to get more information and become more skilled at whatever you want to learn about or whatever your specialty is. But in the end, you can't make people do anything. If they want to pay their association dues and then not even be part of the listserv, that's up to them. If they don't want to come to monthly trainings, that's up to them. If they don't want to show up at a conference that only happens once a year and meet other like-minded professionals doing the same thing they're doing, that's up to them. I mean, even when, you know, our in-person meetings used to happen once a month and it was really hard to get more than 20 people to show up. And it was regularly the same 20 people. Even when Zoom allowed us to start doing statewide meetings in Colorado, we still only saw about 15 or 20 people at an online meeting. And that's not, I've got to get in my car and drive three and a half hours one way, or even I've got to get in my car and drive three minutes one way. It's just sit at my desk and click a couple buttons, and all of a sudden I'm with my association members. Right. We didn't get any more participation like that. when We made it as easy as possible versus when it was in person and you had to work to get there. You know, as a law enforcement officer, when you, when you graduate the police academy, your training doesn't stop then. It continues throughout your career. Yet we probably all know professional investigators, they obtain their license if a license is required. And they think that's all they have to do. And, and we both are of the mindset, and I know you folks are, that it's continuing education, and even in the states that don't require it. You still should hold annual training, and you should, should have speakers and topics, and people need to advance their profession by learning and following up with training, not just one and done. Yet we still see people that get their license, and that's, that's the last thing they do. They apply for the license. They pay for it every two years. They never go to any training sessions. Kelly Riddle's got a tremendous platform, PI Education, that – People can log on and, and really up their game with their proficiency, and yet people won't take advantage of those type of programs. They just they just don't see the value in it, and I don't know how you get over that hurdle. I don't think we have to. I think we're providing the best information possible in the profession. If if someone wants it, they can come and get it. But you know, I think we should we should try and attract people, and not really promote what we're doing as much as attract them to us. Say. Here's what we do. Here's how we do it. We know what we're talking about. If you want to learn and get better, we will help you. It doesn't cost you anything other than pay your membership dues once a year, and you get, you know, with PPIC, nine monthly trainings, an annual conference where the conference costs are kept considerably lower than a lot of other industries because of people like you guys who will come and either sponsor us or show up as a vendor and buy a table. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of things that we're making available to people, but if they don't want to take advantage of it, it's their loss. That's why I'm happy that I found PPIEC and, you know, some of the national associations that I belong to, because otherwise I would be out there on my own, really having no idea whether or not I was doing this right and just kind of hoping that I was. And you know from being a cop, hope is not a tactic. It's not going to work. So if people want to get a hold of or join PPIAC, how can they do that? The website is ppiac.org. They join right from the website. Yes. And we encourage everybody in Colorado, if you're not a member, join because the training is top-notch. And more importantly, the people are good people. 
Uh, we also have for contact information on the website is our phone number that we have. So you can call up and uh, we can direct them to the people that or the members that will best fit what their specialty is uh, or the public. Like today we got a call from the public asking for a certain area for a certain job. And I told them, look, we built right into the website. We built a member search area so that you could call several of them. But at least you're calling an investigator that's gone through our screening uh, and our background checks again, gets continue opportunities for continuing education. Um, and those are the ones we recommend because all those ones we tend to know right. uh, versus the public, which is in an open market, which is what we're in now. Um, it's going to be expertise, uh, more, more experience, more training versus is going to be our competitive edge for the future. Okay. Rod, what's the phone number if anybody wants to call the office directly? The number is 303-481-1994. So if a member joins PPIAC, I'll just phrase it this way. What's in it for them? What do they get for their, their membership? Well, I can list it out. I mean, it's easier to forget how much we actually have when you join an association like ours. Uh, we got eight monthly meetings. Uh, right now we've been doing Zoom, and we might keep doing those, which are, which are great because there's not much travel involved. Um, we have up to three specialized training seminars every year. Um, in the spring, we have uh, some specialty ones for new investigators and learning how to get into the business and how to be able to get work. Uh, and all the things they need to be able to set up their business. We have one giant conference every single year that we have. This year it's in, Co- in Golden. Uh, that we put together with great speakers. Um, and we have the, the networking opportunities, both live and especially with our uh, list serve, be able to uh, get questions answered. And we have the public, the website, where you can get listed, you get a profile on there so that the public can search for you or if they're searching for specialty or for geography, they can uh, get work off of that. Um, so, and we got the training, the videos. We had a video training a couple months ago, which was, um, somebody was uh, training on how to get state contracts, investigative contracts, how to bid for them. And it was phenomenal training and it's in the members area. So to have it all in one location, just the members area logged in, we have recordings of a lot of our trainings are in there, uh, going back a long time, a couple of years worth of training. I mean, it, so from day one, you could go in there if you're new, have mountains of training that's in there. We have, um, uh, forms for contracts for being able to do the work. So it's, I think it's easy for us to forget how much that is actually involved in here because, uh, we're kind of very close to everything. You have the listserv and you do the newsletter also, correct? Correct. We get a newsletter that goes out every other month, um, that has articles from, uh, fellow investigators. Um, and you can list if you're, if you're looking for employment or if you have equipment they're trying to get rid of. It's, it's part of our community, this uh, newsletter we have. And probably one of the biggest things we have is we, back uh, a legislative effort when we we back a lobbyist to look out for our best interest we track the the laws that could affect us and that some that come out of nowhere and i've run into other investigators that have no idea of these laws that have come out of nowhere that could massively affect them that we've gone and defeated and they had no idea what was going on that could have affected their income so at the very least being able to back something like that that's going to help uh protect how you make your living how you feed your family is um is very very important and lastly you have the magazine now as a member benefit. I mean, the great thing about we offer the magazine, the PI magazine, is part of the membership. And the reason why we decided to do that is it is important for us to be able to have investigators plugged in on, on like on a national scale. I mean, it, we're, we're obviously – we're Colorado-centric, right? But with the magazine, now you know about conferences. We can let other people know about our conferences and our – we can know about other conferences and news and everything. So we go from the, our state newsletter and then we've got – basically, you guys are our national representation – uh, and there's nobody else that we can plug in, especially for the new members, uh, to be able to get that uh, kind of uh, knowledge. 
Folks, we want to thank you very much for taking part in the podcast, and we thoroughly enjoyed conference here in Golden, Colorado at the Rocky Mountain Investigators Conference, sponsored and held by PPIAC. And we'll be back uh, with another show soon. That's going to wrap up this episode of PI Magazine, a podcast. I'd like to thank our guests and remind everyone to check out our show notes for our guest website and contact information. Special thanks to our friends and sponsors, and remember to support those who make this podcast possible. We'll see you next week for another episode of PI Magazine, a podcast. I'm your host, Jim Nanos, and until then, remember, stay professional and keep investigating. Thank you for joining us in this episode of PI Magazine, the podcast. Join us next week for a new and exciting show with your hosts and the publishers of PI Magazine, Jim Nanos and Nicole Cusinelli. Remember to check out our guests and sponsors' websites to support those who support our profession. Visit PIMagazine.com for the latest links, conference updates, and professional news, and subscribe today. Thank you again, and remember, stay professional and keep investigating.